Hi everybody, this is Stephen from the End of the Cells podcast. I hope you're all keeping well. I'm delighted again to be joined by John. How are you, John? I'm fine, thanks. Stephen, yourself? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. And also we have a new guest, which is very exciting for the channel, um, Francis. So I'm going to pass over to Francis to tell, uh, tell a bit about yourself, Francis, to the people in terms of your Celtic connections. This is like Ross did in our last podcast, if you don't mind. So, well, I'm Francis and I've just grew up known Celtic. That's just my dad used to take us to the game. My granddad was actually born on the 12th of July and never once celebrated his birthday on the 12th of July. So I couldn't support anybody but Celtic and stuff. So just similar like what Ross said, I was just always brought in underneath the turnstiles. Just always remember going to watch Celtic then. And that's pretty much it. It was just a way of living, to be fair, growing up as a young boy. Yeah. It's it's madness how you think about it. Really, it's a family thing, Celtic, isn't it? You're born into uh, like you're like a, like a religion uh, type thing. Totally, totally. Uh, it's just it's really, it didn't seem much at the time, but now it's uh, it's it's life really, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a way of life, so it is. Mm-hmm. But um, thanks for joining the, the show, Francis, and looking forward to this podcast with yourself. Enough, thanks for exciting. having me on. Yeah, no problem. We do appreciate it. So moving on to the Aberdeen game, I'll throw it over to you, John, first. How did you think we played, especially in the first half? Uh, I thought it was terrible, to be fair. Uh, Tumble took his goal well, um, and I enjoyed that. Uh, but overall, the, the performance was quite poor. There isn't, yeah, too poor. Much, there isn't too much to talk about. I mean, a couple of decent performances for a couple of players, like you said, Tumble, obviously, and he took his goal well. Uh, Ayer had a good half. I thought uh, Taylor done all right, um, but I think all I know it was just a bit, a bit of lacklustre performance for me. The, the way I seen the first half, I mean, we started off bright, we were stringing passes together, but as much as we said before, all the play that we seem to do is in front of the back four, and it's not really challenging our goalkeeper. I think we had one or two shots on target, and obviously one of them was a goal from Turnbull. In terms of Turnbull, um, Francis, I'll throw this over to you. What do you think of him and his Celtic future? Uh, to be honest, I've been really, really surprised by him. Like, I never really got the big thing about him uh, when we were signing him, but he's totally, totally surprised me. I just, he just, he's taking everything in his stride, I feel, and he just looks an absolute presence on the park and so confident and so comfortable on the ball. I think, I hope, hope he's got a big future at Celtic. I hope we can keep him for a wee while, but I don't know. I really don't. I hate yeah. to say that, but I don't know. <laughs> it's it's it almost just, like it surprised me how well he's he's performed. Yeah, it's it's almost like you looked at Frimpong <clears throat> and you thought he was going to stay for a yeah. two three year period at least, and you wake up one day and he's gone within a blink of an eye. I hope that doesn't happen to Turnbull. Mm-hmm. But go back to the the first half against Aberdeen. The the bit the goal came from Scapian playing that pass to Cal McGregor. Hundred percent. McGregor, he did something that I've not seen him do for a long time. He just drove with the ball. He didn't give it away straight away or try and make a pass. He drove with it. It's like he had something in his head click. Get the team uh, up the field. He found, he found Turnbull. What did you think of the goal, uh, Francis? I thought, I thought it was really good because, like you say, Scott Bain was quick to release it. And then and you seen in Ayer, I actually went and congratulated him and actually had a special mention to him after it about how big a part Bain played in it. But like you say, it was just... McGregor just drove and just taking a wee bit of responsibility. And then... Just it's tumble. We just once he's got about twenty five yards out, he's he's got that in him. He's got it in the bag. To actually, he, I feel he really, really misses the target. I'm not saying he scores all the time, but I just feel he really hits the target. He really misses the target. Sorry, 
Yeah, you're hundred percent right. I was going to touch upon in terms of Turnbull in that midfield. It looks like that position's his, the number ten role. So what, where, where does that leave the likes of Rodgers and Christie? I heard there's a rumor going about that they're thinking about offering Christie a new deal. But would that not be a bit counterproductive to Turnbull, who's the number ten? He's the guy now. What, what do you think about that, John? Uh, I, I definitely see Turnbull as a future um, going forward. I think he's pretty much cemented his place in the starting eleven. Um, Christie is somebody I can see probably. I know you always hear stuff about people getting offered contracts, but it's whether or not an offer comes in for him. Um, and if you believe everything that you've been hearing uh, about him being touted and south and everything else, then it's possible he could be away in the next year or so anyway. Um, same way, uh, Rogic, it's, we almost lost him uh, the start of the season, I believe. Um, I so yeah. I think having Turnbull in that. Uh, sort of cementing his place uh, is a good thing for us going forward and just touching on uh, what Francis said um, you can see in various games as well he always seems to be aware where the goal is uh, he might not always score as he says but he always gets uh, he's always on target more often than not and he's uh, yeah. he's passing awareness as well and oh. his creativity is beautiful sometimes really good Sorry, go ahead, Stephen. There was a point in that half there when as you, you were touching upon Turnbull's passing where he played a lovely dink ball. I think it was Christie making a run into the box, but he just missed it by a fraction. But that's the type of awareness that he has, the chip it over the fender if the ball's on wide, he, know, he knows where to play it. And I think what I've noticed... Yeah, what I've noticed from Turnbull as well, he, he's not blessed with blister and pace, but it's, it's his awareness of where to be. He, he can hold players off, and I think that's fairly important for a Celtic midfielder, especially in the physicality of the Scottish League. Just being able to find a wee pockets of space and play them passes that could eventually do a goal. Um, in terms of the, the second half, I'm, I know we touched upon the first half there, but as you said, John, there's not really much to write home about. But in, in terms of the second half, I think... Our old frailties just came to the fore again. I mean, it just went. It went to pot. The the passing went. Everything just went downhill. Aberdeen came into the game. It was anybody's half, really. Um, what's your opinion, Francis? I I do agree. With it. I just the passing just came so slow, so predictable. It was just. It was everything was in front of Aberdeen, and it let them get ten yards further up the park and press us a little bit higher. And I just I feel like the wide play. Like I don't think really Kate, uh, John Joe Kenny had his best game for us. But it's not a slight on the boy because not many had a good game the other night. But I think Kenny to go back to the first. Taylor done a lot of thankless running. I thought I thought he was up and down and up and down, and it created a bit of space. But it didn't seem to do that in the second half. That might have been down to Aberdeen or whatever. But I just feel like it was, the passing just became really, really slow, really, really slow in the yeah. second half. What do, what do you think, John? What's your opinion on the second half performance? I completely agree uh, with Francis. Is that and this is something that I think has been consistent with us this season is a passing uh, or uh, or an ability to, to pass. I mean, you can see obviously still signs for Rogers' team um, and playing that sort of possession football, passing it, trying to work it into the box. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, it just doesn't seem... I mean, and I think it comes down to, like Francis says, you got to give these other teams credit as well because they've been playing against it now for years. They kind of... It's, predi- it's become predictable, um, in essence, and it's 
it's just one of the the things. It's like we need something fresh and some some needs to change because yeah. this this sort of we press teams high all the time. We press we we, we retain possession for the majority of the ninety minutes, uh, and that's consistent. But it's breaking these teams down because they 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 knew they pack the box, they they they, they defend well, uh, and they force us to pass the ball back, and we we just never seem to get anywhere. This is why I thought Tumble. His goal was great, and I think we need to see Mary that just taking shots, for 20, 25 yards out, just taking a chance because it's no something we've done, and we've seen a couple of times Christie's done it, Tumble's done it. When we take the shots and we take the chances, um, we can score goals. So I think we need to start doing that a lot more going forward, rather than just try to feed it into the box. And Sorry, sorry, it says well with that. I think like if you are taking shots outside the box, it might force the team to try and close you down and open up other spaces. Then you can maybe work in this, this space. Exactly, exactly. And behind it. Just literally like you said, I think you just need to shoot sometimes. Just just take a shot if it goes wide. But I don't know if that's a confident thing where players are scared to make a mistake. They're scared to yeah. shoot in case it ends up in row Z. That's a horrendous shot, uh, but I don't know. I, th- uh, I think... The way you mentioned Taylor there, Francis, I'm actually glad you brought him up. I've put up <coughs> in the, few, the past few hours on the Instagram page and the South's Instagram page about Taylor, seeing mm-hmm. if, what opinions are, if he's going to be a left-back going forward. It seems to be very split. There's a lot of people saying that lead a strong left-back up and down the mm-hmm. wing, especially for the European football side of things. But then there's others saying he's doing a good job, 7 out of 10 each week. I mean, Taylor to me, I said this to my grandfather as well, he reminds me of like a Jackie McNamara. He's like a 7 out of 10. He's always going to play well. He might not give you all the flair and attacking, but he's really yeah. solid defensively. What, what do you think about that, Francis? And I agree. I th- I have a, Jack, a comparison to Jack McNamara is quite, quite the statement. Quite the statement. I mean, but... I, 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 mean, I'm, I mean in terms of the reliability type of thing. I think right. we've lost one I, out of 16 that Taylor started. Like, I'm not necessarily his biggest fan, but I think Celtic, like, as we've said, defensively, we have been... Terrible, terrible, and I think first and foremost, defending is is better better than Laxall for me. Defending, mm-hmm. I would I would have him as my, as my first choice left back, just simply because he concentrates on defending first and foremost. Whether I see yeah. him long term, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure, but domestically, I think he's more than capable. Yeah, he definitely is. What do you think, John? I mean, I I think I've been quite critical of him as well. Uh, and I'm, I, I touched on this uh, on the first podcast as well about Laxalt. I still think Laxalt deserves a run. Um, and like you say, he might not be as defensive-minded as Taylor, but we've seen he, he still tracks back, he still does his job. Uh, in terms of Taylor, though, um, he wouldn't be a long-term uh, option for me. Um, I mean, I, I, I think getting in a strong... Uh, wing back um, to replace him would be something to look at as well going forward. Um, but f- like when it comes to like let's say f- in terms of the SPL, he, he's he, he can do the job. But in Europe, I don't think he, he, he'll get found out. I don't uh, think he's strong yeah. enough. Um, and sorry, keep going, John. Sorry. No, I was just going to say is uh, it, it, it's just I it, from an SPL standpoint, he, he, he's got the quality. Or enough about him to, to do a job, and we've seen recent games uh, he's played fairly well. Uh, I think his final boss still leaves a lot to be desired, but um, 
but long term, I don't think he's the, the answer, no. no. Just to touch on what you said, John, it was like, I think you said quite a telling thing when you said for, I mean, domestically, it'll do. I, I feel Celtic should be even higher than that. As, as much as I agree Aye. with you, I think domestically, it'll do, but I feel like a club of Celtic, we should be aiming higher than it'll do. No, absolutely. Yeah, no. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, Aye. I think when it comes to like European games, which is something we should, and, and for years now, we've been aiming for. Um, he's he, he's no, I don't think he's got the quality about him to, to be a mainstay in the Celtic team. And Aye, I mean, like he says, you, you could settle for domestically, but that you don't want that. You need to be setting your sights higher. Absolutely. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Well, I think the, the phrase <laughs> he will do has something has been a comment that's set in the Celtic board over the last couple of years. Yeah. If there's someone there to, there's someone there to fill a gap, he will do. That that's that's the type of attitude Celtic seem to have at the moment. But touching back upon the, the second half performance, I mean, what happened there? I, I just the game became really patchy and sticky at points and there was points in the game where Aberdeen were winning the second balls again, game, which was our downfall in the other games that we had the bad results in. And the the think their first shot, well, the first talent shot came from Flo Canberry from the inside left position, just out of nowhere, and he hit the post of it. But it just, sh- it just shows you the, the defensive frailties and the lack of confidence that Celtic have. And what b- bothers me the most, I know they came out with that whole review statement and it's apparently it's ongoing and, and stuff like that, but it seems like to me... Even if if this is the postmaster in, interviews, there's no one taking the shoulder. There's no one taking the blame, being like, "This is why. This is what's happening." They land and come out and said there's been mitigating circumstances, but he won't reveal them. I mean, oh, no. what's the point? Yeah, I mean, what what's the point of coming out with them statements and not exactly. telling you what it is? Do, do it, you know what I mean? I feel like it makes more questions. It asks more questions that type of statement. Yeah, I agree that no, you, like with that, some things should stay in house, but don't make that kind of statement. Like the Griffiths comment about Griffiths needs to look as his cell. That needs to stay in-house for me. The uh-huh. calling out players after Perrin Barros saying they want to go away. That needs to stay in-house for me, I, I feel. Uh, the kind just of public you're, out, uh, you're, you're publicly going against the players. Aye. Uh, yeah. And especially in the Griffiths case, you're actually naming Griffiths in that one. Uh, I mean, I, I agree. There's some stuff needs to stay in-house. And, and I think one of the biggest problems we've had this season is that there's a lot of statement, there's a lot of things being said, and there's conflicting information. Like it just came out in in Lennon's conference today, um, mm-hmm. as well about this this boy Shaw and the signing. It was yeah. announced earlier this week that he'd signed a pre-contract, and then when he was asked about it, he says he can't can't comment on it, and he's just backtracking on stuff. And and these are kind of these stupid wee things that are coming out. And it's like just see if it's no set in stone. Just keep your mouth I, shut. I, so, I, who's releasing this stuff then? Because eh? it's exactly. similar to the Ben Davies story. Everything was yeah. apparently agreed. But I mean, I did actually hear that uh, the Preston chairman on TalkSport, and he actually said that the deal was agreed, but nothing was actually signed. So he'd actually confirmed yeah. it was a because he said they had to phone him personally when Liverpool came in, and apparently was on route to Celtic at the time, was on route to Glasgow to sign the deal, but turned round because obviously Liverpool wanted them. But we're actually releasing I, I, statements saying we've signed them. I also seen something as well, Francis. I'm glad you actually brought up Ben Davis there. I seen something that, that they wanted him to sign a contract with an injury clause in it. I've never heard that in my life. I mean, if we we need a centre half, you, you would take anybody at the moment. And exactly. I don't, I don't know if anyone noticed at the end of the game, but there was a goal like goal like clearance from Stephen Welsh. Did any did you notice that? It was no, it was flying into the the top left corner. I think. 
I think I was more surprised in the sense that I actually felt with defended set pieces, not too bad the other night. Not brilliant, but not too bad. Better than, yeah. I, def- better than we have been, certainly. <laughs> oh, better than we have been, yeah. So I think I was maybe just more taken aback there. What? Because I felt the yeah, second... What? Yeah, what? Like, I just felt the second half as well. Was, I never really felt they were at Aberdeen were going to score. I just felt the 45 minutes was just passing by. I just felt that type of second half. I can't say at one point I sort of thought, oh no, oh no, here we go again. I, I, mean, I, 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 I had that sort of, you know, the, the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, um, we just took a foot off the gas and Aye. Aberdeen started pressing us and yeah. they were getting quite a lot of balls into the box. And as, as, you, as you mentioned, we, we defended relatively well um, in terms of that. But it's like this season has been a nightmare for us when it comes to set pieces and them getting oh. balls into the box against us and our inability to clear a ball. And again, uh, every time a ball goes into your box, I'm sitting there thinking this is they're going to score. Uh, and that I shouldn't be, that uh, we shouldn't be feeling like that, especially in years gone past where um, we've been incredible defensively, and it's been one of our strongest points. hundred percent. And now it's just completely it, flipped on its head, and it's it's weird. I they think the players we've got to, and it's went bad. Like you signed the yeah. Republic Island uh, captain, and it's just... I mean, uh, there's no need to talk about Duffy, so let's be honest. <laughs> I ain't going to do that, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. But the, yeah, there used to really be wanted f- the guy. Aye, exactly. Do, do you know what I mean? You, you put all that effort in, and you get him in, and he turns out like that. I mean, there was, there was, a, fr- there was a phrase Rogers used to say... Sorry to bring up Rogers again, but no, he used to say, defend with the ball. Yeah. When you have the ball, you take a rest, you take a braver. And I yeah. think that that type of football suited us down to the ground because we have the most technically technic, technically gifted players in the Scottish League, and I mean, there's no question about that. Rodgers, yeah. Christie, that type of players, and they uh-huh. thrived in that keeping the ball. And you look at it now, and uh, I've seen a few people say like Lenny Ball is does chaos. I mean, it's, there's players in positions that shouldn't be there. There's people picking up people. Greg Taylor was picking up their centre forward at one point and corner kicks, and oh, you're going to yourself. To see the height difference. <laughs> it's it's madness like and you're you're looking at you're looking at it watching it on tv and you're saying to yourself we can see this happening but the coaching staff who get paid the big money look at your man gavin Strachan's laptop and don't know nothing i mean john what, what do you think the solution is for the short to medium term anyway do you think they should just stick with the status quo and go to the end of the season or one more bad result, and think they should just kick up the bucket and let Lenny go. I've I've been saying we should we should have let Lenny go months ago, um, before the start of the January window, and give somebody, not necessarily. I mean, nothing's going to be fixed in January, uh, but game time to come in, assess the teams through this season, that because this season's done. I mean, there's no two ways about it. That obviously we're still in it in terms of a mathematical point, but. Realistically, and uh, realistically, you, I mean, you want to hope <laughs> and, uh-huh. you, and you pray uh, that that other more drop points, but I mean, they've not lost one in what thirty games, and we're somehow we need them to lose five and eight. Nah, that's never happened. <laughs> and and hope the goal difference somehow swings. That's it. Still yeah. comes down to goal difference with that. Here's the thing, though, weird, weird things have happened. But no, I, I mean, if we're being realistic, we have to just sort of concede that this hasn't been our year and. Uh. We just need to hold our hands up, uh, but I, I would I, if it was up to me. Lenin isn't the answer, um, and I, I, I don't know too much about it yet because I've no seen it. But 
you might have heard about the the trust meeting thing. In the oh yes, 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 I've seen that. Yeah, uh, and now Twitter's rife with speculation as well. Um, that uh, it seems to point that that Lennon could potentially get another year, and that is just no good enough. Oh, <laughs> that's risky. I think that's suicidal in a way, in the sense of season tickets, because you're going to be asking folk. Because I don't see fans getting in the stadium soon or at, at a large capacity anyway. So if you're going to be sticking with Lennon, it's a big ask for folk to fork out six hundred pounds again to sit and watch it on the telly. Definitely, yeah. and the backlash off the back of it as well. If that if that does uh, happen and they don't sort of change things at the end of the season uh, and he's still there next season and nothing's changed it, it's it's going to be crazy I and think you need to change I think I, I just think just that whole new voice thing as well I think just a new a new voice I think because like <laughs> well, we spoke John that obviously we're in the same boat that won't lane away but I, I'm also I find myself annoyed sometimes when I have a go at Lennon because what he's done for the club as a player and man- yeah. manager what he's put himself through because when Rogers left he Lennon instantly jumped in and after all the abuse, the death threats, the bullets, he had no problems with jumping in when we needed a manager. Aye. But it's yeah. just and that, one that, of the ones. I touched on this as well in the last podcast I'd, and I said that, like, just pretty much echoing what you were saying there. You, we, as Celtic fans, I mean, you see some of them say some pretty stupid things about, about Lennon, but mm-hmm. we know um, as Celtic fans what Lennon's done for the club Aye, and yeah. he'll always be remembered for it and I don't exactly. think there's anybody there's no Celtic fan out there or any respectable Celtic fan if you ask their opinion on Lennon they're going to hear anything negative to say about who he is Aye. as a person but I mean, in terms of and, and I said before the club is bigger than any individual and 100% with Lennon he's not the right man <laughs> for the job at this point in time uh, I think his kind of dated now Unfortunately, I think the game's changed so quick. Well, touching upon what you just said there, Francis, I actually heard a brilliant point today on another good podcast to do with Celtic. He is an analogue manager in a digital age, which, if you think about it, is correct. And the way you touched upon there, the, when Rogers left and left us in limbo, I have different opinions about that because they could have easily went to Kennedy and said, look, take us through. We're, the league was kind of wrapped up at the point. Uh-huh, yeah. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny knew when he came in what the remit was. And what the job was, was basically get, get the end of the season with the trophies intact. And if you think about this in rea- reality as well, Francis, no, if you're taking out the whole legend status, and which he is, I 100% uh-huh. agree he's done. I'm from Ireland myself, I know what the abuse can be like. Yeah. But we took a sacked Hibs manager, and now we can't sack him. It's, it's almost like... It's well, all, it's all, do you know what I mean? What, what's your opinion? On, uh, well, me and John have actually spoke about that along with others. That in... November, what was it? Des- uh, October, sorry, we were, what was it, nine points behind or something with three games in hand, with three games still playing against Rangers, against Rangers. Mm. And his job seems safer now, 15 points behind, with no games in hand and two games against Rangers. You're like, how can that be? Like, his job seemed less safe in October when we were more chance of winning the league than it was in January yeah. when you were 23 point, 21, 23 points behind. Scary. Yeah. Scary how it, just, how it went. It's I mean, it's, it's almost like if he wins the game, he goes into the boardroom, chocks it up on the chalkboard, and is like, look, I can do it. <laughs> it can be more and more tight. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's, what, it's like you don't want Celtic to lose, but you feel like if he wins, it's another reason for him to stay. And yeah. as much as we need to win every game to, 
for the remainder of the season and in the hope that something happens. But then mm-hmm. if we do win every game and like we said, the league's likely that's highly unlikely we're going to win the league. And if he wins every game at the end of the season, for now at the end of the season, it's it's kinda easy to give him the job again because you're going, well, he's, not <laughs> lost, he's not lost the dressing room because we've just won Maybe it'll work out about 12, 13 games on the bounce. You know, like, mm. it's clearly not lost the dressing room. So, like, but it's like, I mean, oh, see, see, and I completely agree with you, Francis. And see, like, even if by some miracle we won the league, right? And Lennon was still in the position he's in, um, and that happened, I still, my opinion wouldn't change. He's no the right man him. for the job. So, but and, I think it would be easier to get rid of him. As stupid as it sounds, winning the league because <coughs> he would be the guy that started the ten and then finished it. And I think a wee bit of like the back, the the people higher up uh, at Celtic liked that idea when he came in, stick with him, <coughs> game ten, uh, get him winning the ten. Like he was the one that started and finished that. And I think uh, it would have been easier to send up, send them away after that. But it's, right. it's went totally tits up, isn't it? Well, John, you brought up there as well. There's rumours around uh, Twitter and I from the, the trust meeting saying he's going to get another year. Obviously, it's just rumours at the moment, but I was chatted down a few players here while he was speaking in terms of rebuilding and stuff. And it seems like time after time, these players get overlooked. For me, likes of Ewan Henderson, the callback Scott Robertson from his loan for no apparent reason. Then there's Oko Flex, there's Carmel and Dembele, who both of them are likely to leave. But for me, the young players now should be priority. Ewan Henderson, for me, should be on that bench or at least getting in the squads above the legs of Rodgers and things. If they're not going to be there next season and the rebuild's happening now, what what do you think, John? Do you think the, the young players should be given the priority now to get them through the end of the season and build them into that squad? A, a, a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, it, you want to say I, given the fact that there's a position that we're in this season uh, and where we stand, um, you maybe. You're, you're looking at other players we've got and the likelihood that they might leave uh, and then saying, right, well, let's bring in these younger boys, give them a game, um, give them time to sort of gel with, with the rest of the squad and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like you risk then throwing away even more points. And we could, I, I mean, it's no worth thinking about, but imagine we go through the rest of the season without winning. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and do you know what I mean? It's like you're taking a risk by giving the young boys a chance. And I do agree with you're saying, Stephen. There's there's a few young players that we've got on the books that I'd like to see play more and yeah, get a chance. Hundred... But it's is see, it worth the risk? Uh, well, for me to help qualify your point as well, John. It's like, like you say, if you play the young boys and you're leaving your Rogic and Christopher here, you maybe then devalue your name. He maybe got a lost lost money because clubs will be looking going well. We know he they want rid of him, so we'll kind of we'll put aye, a lower offer in. I low ball offer, and you're like, is is it really worth cutting your nose off to spite your face if you like? But I agree with yeah. you're saying if boys aren't going to be there next year, should we really be looking? Should we just start saying like, let's try and get a team, get them ready? Yeah, but it's it's almost it's it's almost like for me, I'm Francis. Like you look at the young players we have having the squad at the moment. And your uh, Carmel in the belly, perfect example. He got a sniff of first team action against Hearts, bits of Europe. Um, but then he's just, he's, yeah, he's just been left to the side. I mean, if that was any other European club, I think like the likes of Borussia Dortmund, who buy young players from England, like Sancho, perfect example. Yeah. They would give they would give him a, a chance to go at least go in the squad and see what it's about. Get a few games here and there. It seems really? like to me, it, yeah, but it seems like to me that these players get left behind, and then we wonder why they leave. What do you think, Francis? I, I do agree to an extent. I do it because you look at Jude Bellingham, 
as Bellman or something, the boy they signed yes. from Birmingham, he's getting games as well. But I'm also one of these guys, it's, if you're good enough, you're old enough, if you just, and they're maybe not good enough, but what I've seen of Dembele anyway, he looks, looks a talent. But I don't know if that, like, with Dembele and stuff, is it maybe just the old sort of, causing Neil Lennon's management style, it's a wee bit old school, is it the old Scottish mentality is, is no big enough, it's no physical enough. I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm just looking at it too much and making excuses. I just, I don't know why they're not getting a chance. I don't, honestly don't know. What do you think, John, about that in terms of the young players not getting the chances? I, f- I mean, I, I, I agree with what Francis was saying there as well. Um, like you, you can definitely see a player in Dembele, um, yeah. for his age and what he's capable of doing, and the fact he's since. He started even playing football in the Celtic setup. He's been playing at a much higher level. He's not been playing in his age group. Nah, correct. He's a few years above his cell. It's time. Uh, he's been. always been playing above his cell, and he can obviously he can handle it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. Um, but when yeah. it comes to the first team, it, it it's a it's a different kettle of fish altogether, isn't it? It's it's a case of you've got the players in the first team now who uh, are mainstays and pretty much, or or at least in recent seasons. Uh, maybe not so much this season, but had essentially guaranteed their name on the, the team sheet uh, and try to get them out the picture. Um, to give these boys a chance was more difficult because, I mean, you, you had to drop somebody or whatever, but we were in a more comfortable position in recent seasons whereby we could mm-hmm. do that, and that's how we go to the likes of his debut and stuff like that because we could afford it. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't think we do enough. I, you see so many good players come through the, the, the youth system at Celtic and no one of them get a chance. Yeah, um, that's and right. It, it's, it, it's a shame because it's like you then see these boys going and end up becoming superstars elsewhere. And I maybe we didn't see it at the time, but it just shows you what they were capable of and it makes you think, well, yeah. what if? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. well, for, for, okay. for me, uh, John as well, touching upon that, it's almost, for me, the biggest thing, there's no reserve league at the moment, and that's the biggest thing. They're not always playing football every week. They're relying on developmental squad team games against the likes of Fulham or Cardiff or whatever. But in terms of that, we'll move on to the the post-match against Aberdeen. I know we'll offer a wee bit of a topic there, but it was enjoyable speaking about that. Yeah. So we've seen uh, John Kennedy come out to do the, the press conference. In terms of John Kennedy, Francis, where do you think his future is with Celtic? I'll, I'll give you mine before before you, you, you cool. give your point. I think, I think, in my head, right, this is going to be a bit of a wild <laughs> card. They're maybe trying to get him the media training, make him manager next season with a director of football who's experienced. Can you see something like that happening? To be fair, his post-match interview the other day, I actually thought he was really good. Because I feel, I don't think he should, I think if we're going to get a new manager, we need to get the backroom staff need to be... <laughs> need to be new as well but obviously if you're then promoting him to manage it's a different different argument then but personally for me I would want to get rid of him as well but maybe try and keep him in some sort of I don't know if like an ambassador role or something I don't know but what it did it, it held his own and really spoke confidently and his analysis of the game was really good I thought I was impressed by yeah. him the other night I was impressed I mean, compa- by him it's, Sorry, fine, you go. No, 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 that's what I'm just saying. I was just saying that I was impressed by the way he conducted himself and the way he spoke and how he analysed the game. Uh, no, I, 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 I absolutely agree. And I, I, was, I was quite surprised because uh, after the game, um, I listened to, to, to Lennon um, uh, and I was like, I thought, 
it's, it, we're getting the same thing for him all the time. It's like it doesn't matter how bad we're playing. If we win the game, we're outstanding. And mm-hmm. it, it, it just seems... I, I wonder sometimes what game he's watching. Uh, but Kennedy came out and... He, he he was he wasn't critical, but he was he was on the on the ball, and the stuff he was saying was right. It was almost he practical a, how he spoke. I would say it was like <coughs> smart. I would say it was smart how he spoke. No, definitely. And I, I was much more impressed with what he said in, in uh, the post match that the Millennium did. And I thought he he, he touched on obviously uh, the last few minutes and and Aberdeen getting it as uh, he touched on. The, the first half and the, the passing failures and stuff like that be things that we as fans would notice mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was quite impressive but aye and in terms of um, in management and things like that nah. no no for me <laughs> no <laughs> chance I mean if you look at it as well I don't know if you're sensitive but especially when the cameras are towards the dugout, there seems to be a bit of tension between him and Lennon. I don't know what it is or if they've had an infighting or that's one of the McGuitton circumstances that he can't re- reveal. But in terms of the way he speaks, he's a bit like how, like a culture type guy. He knows what he's yeah. talking about. He, 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 he's got ideas about the game. But it's almost like that. that's great and all. Where's these ideas for these bad runs or the these teams but that are come to selling? What, what influence has he got? on the bench I don't know has he got that can yeah. he say I don't know you would like to think so as assistant manager that he's got a big yeah. say but has he I don't know yeah I mean I also heard something today as well I don't know if you've heard this apparently do you remember when Lennon came out after the Furnace Varos game and basically threw the team under the bus and said players don't want to be there there was players that he wanted to get rid of and apparently the board blocked that happening now I don't know obviously it's not confirmed but I heard it yeah. from another podcast today and it seemed the podcast that I listen to seem very rap- reputable anyway. But what, what do you think about that, John? Can the board maybe have too much control? I mean, we've seen it over the years of law, but is that a part of the problem? Definitely. And I, we've all seen it for years. The, the board, get, they're far too involved. Um, they should focus on leave the manager uh, and every, the scouts and everything else, uh, director of football, whoever it is that you've got in place and appointed to do a certain job. Leave them to do their job. And to the football what, side. Aye. And what the board need today is focus on the business side and then what they need today for a commercial and business perspective and stop sticking their nose in and everything else. Law has been guilty of it for years and that's not his job. And no. it, 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 it pisses me off. And this, See, law, law for me is a bit like Lennon where it's... I mean, how many trophies have we won under law when it's... I, I get what I get what you're saying. How he gets too involved, but he's been a success. He's been a major success. The guy. See, I, and I completely agree. And I think as a, as a CEO, oh, he does his job perfectly. Fair yeah. financial perspective, we're better than we've ever been, really. Mm-hmm. And that, a lot of that comes down to him and what he's done for a commercial and business perspective. But when it comes oh, to the football vo- side I, of things, he needs to just. Aye, he's far too involved, and I don't necessarily hate Law for what he's done on the business end at Celtic, but I, I resent what he's done in terms of sticking his nose in. And, mm. I mean, this all, it, it was clear as day with the whole McGinn issue. Uh, and I, like, I think that was just a copy thing for Celtic, I think we could, could, could go and more and get him. Aye, and, 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 and it goes back to Rogers as well. Like, how much did his involvement, or Law's involvement rather, play... I mean, because I, cause I firmly believe it, has, it did play a uh, part think, in Rogers' departure. I think now you can, well, not necessarily now, but I think 
you sort for can see it lately. I think that's one of the big reasons. One of the big I, I reasons think that Rogers went. I think. I think one of the, the final nails in the coffin with Rodgers, as you said, um, John, was the signing of Marion Swerd. He, he publicly said he didn't have a clue who this guy was. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? But this and is what I mean. You're undermining your manager then. And if, if you're coming in and you're just signing players behind your manager's back, regardless of what you think of them or what, what scouting network or whatever you've got in place, looking at these players and coming back and reporting directly to you as a CEO and saying, oh, this guy... Uh, looks like he might be alright and then you going through behind your manager's back to sign players th- that is no way to run a football club nah. and especially I mean if you're a director of football and you're doing something like that that's bad enough but at least their job is to sort of their job <laughs> aye but you don't go behind your manager's back no. and I think that happened with Rodgers I think it's happened with Lennon I mean I there was obviously rumours going as well that Rodgers was promised X, Y and Z players wise and Never ever happened as well, because it was. I think we were we were linked with that Castagna. Yeah, and, we were. Uh, yeah, and apparently we wouldn't pay the money. Because Rogers went and signed him. He's one of the best right backs in the body Premiership now. Uh, well, I think it was one of Rogers' first signings for Leicester. Was getting that boy. Uh, in. It was. It was. Do, I do, you know, do you know what I mean? I mean, it cost him twenty million. It cost him twenty million. Yeah, and we could have signed yeah, him for nine it, the season of four or something, or eighteen months before it. If you look at Francis as well from the <laughs> business aspect. The wasted transfer fees over the years on players like Amiro Balde, all them types of players. We mm. could buy at least two quality players per summer and the rest yeah. maybe project players. But players yeah. to make a difference in that team because at nine, eight million pounds for Atlanta Castagna could have solved our right back problems for years. Yeah. It, it really could have. Yeah, 100%. And I think as well with the whole Rogers thing, uh, no, I don't like keeping going back, but it's pretty relevant now. You can see Laws influence, but I mean, before he that their retirement statement came out, Scott Brown was saying we should build a statue of him. Neil Allen was uh, out bombing him up to the house. It's almost like he's Jesus and he's walking around Lanningstown with a, with a halo. Yeah, I but know. I think again, when it, when it comes back, when you again, when you come back to the commercial and business side of the Celtic, he's, he has been outstanding for us, yeah. Um, yeah. but we as fans, and, and I mean, it's all right saying when you look back at it now, but we've known for years, Law's been sticking his nose in. And mm-hmm. he's known that Rogers wasn't the first manager that was undermined, and it's not the first time we fans as well have seen us fail uh, in terms of picking up players and transfers and everything else, and not being willing to pay the money. And uh, it, it's been a problem at Celtic for years. And it's like you'll get play, you'll get fans will argue, oh, but we paid so many millions for Edward, and, and it's like aye, but it's like, how, <laughs> see, but see, boys as well, like. You're true fan, but we're not caring how much money Celtic are making or how much they're in the red or how much are in the black or whatever on the bank. We don't care how much is in the bank at the end of the day. It's what's happening on the park. So it doesn't, like, as much as Lowell's done good commercially, it's, you don't really care about that as a football fan, do you? No. Yeah, I mean, no. obviously, you, you you don't want the club to be in the position we were in the 90s. Yeah, no, 100% agree with that. At, at the same time, we know, because they release the interim reports every yeah. year, Mm-hmm. You know, for a financial perspective, that there's money there, there's money available. Aye. And we're not spending it. And I think that's what pisses a lot of Celtic fans off because mm-hmm. we're not investing. And, and that's been that's been pretty much adamant. that they, And like he says, you're, you're bringing in players the manager doesn't know about. Uh, you've got to wonder how many players that we have brought in was like... At the manager's choice. Aye. And we know just historically that... Chances are it wasn't he. 
Uh, and the fact that the, the, the back, the, the invest, I'm not saying they invested well, but they did invest this summer. I don't think we can yeah, disagree. They, they spent the best part of 20 odd million. That's that. Aye, but the, up again, how many, how many tumble players? Aye, uh, tumble, tumble, tumble. Not, did, not did another we, one. Um, but Laxal, I suppose the jury's out in Laxal. Hell, you know, I, I suppose you can't totally contradict myself here. I'm nearly got making a case for everybody. <laughs> 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 well, I, I think El Yunus is a second top goal scorer, but I suppose it's just yeah. a long deal. I think one That's of another thing, by the way. Just going back to that, El Yunusi, he is a second top goal scorer and he barely starts a game. I know. I really, I really rate that? the boy. I rate, I rate him too. as well and we know what he's capable of. But I, think, and, I don't know if the, this diamond formation <laughs> or sort of had to fall on because a lot has been down to James Forrest being missing and I yeah. think we're feeling and the diamond doesn't really suit El Yunusi, I don't feel. It doesn't really suit him. As stupid as that sounds yeah. when he's second top goal scorer. No, I, mean, no, I don't no, think that formation suits him. To think that one player being out injured has caused the entire team to collapse in itself and our inability to then set. Well, I'm not blaming the whole. I'm not blaming James Forrest injury. No, but like you say, you've not got any white players. Factor, Aye, you consider his assists throughout the season. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. no. I mean, he's definitely been a loss. But Aye. what what I'm saying is, and it, it sort of backs up your point. It's since Forrest went out. It's like we lost that width on the right. And it's and Mikey Johnson's only just came back. You've got El Yunusi, I guess you could play in the left. Um, but I mean... It, I had nobody in the right after that. No, nothing at all. And it forced us to then change the formation and we tried different things. Um, the only good that's came for that is Sauron Tumble. It, it got yeah. them in the team. I, no, absolutely. But as you said, as you said there, Francis, one of my biggest bugbears is... is that our rivals across the city seem to have money to spend every transfer window they're in. I mean, apart from the, our last summer uh, transfer window, we spent the excess of £20 million. I think they outspent us in the previous four windows. I believe, it's, I, it's, I believe they have. Yeah, and it's it's almost like it's well, you touched the LNC. I mean, that does points. So there's no planning. There's there's no plan B. You lose Forrest, and then the whole plan goes to the pot. Then, uh-huh. then you have to rely on Maggie Johnson, who's injury-prone. And then there's only way player left is LNC, and even at that, I think he's more of a number ten and a way player. He doesn't have the pace. I but, more of an inside forward, isn't it? Yeah, to come inside. But, but touching upon that, there were some great points made there. But I'm going to swiftly move on to the Ross County game coming up yeah. on Sunday. And yeah. in terms of the Ross County game, their money's now by John Hughes. Obviously, all Celtic fans know who that is. How, how do you think this game's going to play? Do you think it'll be an open game, attractive football from both sides, or do you think it'll be same old, same old? John, I'll throw that to you first. For, for your perspective, it'll be same old, same old. Um, yeah. But we'll retain majority of possession for the course of the 90. We'll press them high. They'll catch us on the counter. We'll shite ourselves every time they get a ball <laughs> in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much it. It's whether or no we actually can score enough goals to make it comfortable where we can go, all right, that's that's less a, a moment where your heart's in your mouth and you're like, we, we could potentially draw or lose this. But it's score, it's like, scoring's going to be paramount. It's like, for me, it's, it's a sorry state of affairs that we're actually contemplating the fact that we might draw points in Dingwall and Ross County. And it's, laughing about it's it. All, yeah, it's, and laughed about it. I mean, we're good at making fun of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Celtic fans are good at making fun of themselves. I know that history points to that, but it's it shows you how far as a team we fall. I mean, from winning nine in a row, being all all conquering, 
And I, what bothers me the most, the hardcore Celtic fans and the, the Celtic Daz, as people call them, they yeah, think that this is this. Yeah, well, most <laughs> some some of them some of them are like it's okay, Lenny's still the man. But if you look at this season, it's been a complete catastrophe. And the fact that, as you said, they're sitting laughing about going to Dingwall, being like, what way is the game going to go? It's so many things wrong, isn't there, with the club? But yeah. what do you think, in terms of the game, we'll go back to it anyway, Francis, how do you think it's going to pan out in the first half, second half? Do you think it's going to be attractive, as I said to John? Or do you think it's going to be just the same old boring Saturday? I think it'll be boring because it's getting played at midnight and Dingwall, time to get up there, will be knackered. <laughs> what, what is that kickoff time all about? Uh, right. Sky Sports for you. But when has a game ever been played at half seven in Dingwall? I have no Absolutely idea. Nuts. But uh, just uh, about the game, I don't. It's, I, you just don't know what you've got to get with Celtic now. The likelihood is is just a boring performance will probably do enough to win the game. And to be mm-hmm. fair, right now the position we're in, can you really ask for anything more? It's all we can do is win win the next game and see where it gets us. Yeah. See where it gets exactly. us really. That that I mean, as you say, that you just have to round the result. But mm-hmm. you you look at the pawn as a season as a whole. I mean, the signs were there even from last season that this team wasn't going to do the do the distance. We were all mm-hmm. confident with the the summer transfer window. But as you said, Turnbull, uh, who, who else? Maybe Laxalt El- came in and did mm-hmm. a good job. Elanusi El- 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 from last year and now into this year. Yeah. And then you've you've got the wasted wages to sit the bench each week, but. Well, we'll move on now to our lineup predictions. I'll start with you, Francis, as the new the newcomer to the show. What have you gone for in terms of your lineup, your formation, things like that? Well, go with the same back five if you like. With Bain, uh, John Joe Kenny, Welsh, and Iron Taylor at left back. I think Brown yeah. may come back in. So I, don't, okay. I think so. I think Soro started the game okay and he was playing good passing, but I feel his tackling's got a wee bit rashly. And I think Brown's <laughs> the last few games has came in played well. And then I think Christie will play and then Tumble yeah. and probably McGregor way. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, well, maybe even Rogic coming in with Christie up front way with Edward. I don't think it will uh, play. Christie up top. I, I don't understand why there's like. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't think he's. I think there's a wee bit more in the. When they called out uh, Griffiths, I think there must yep. be a wee bit more in Because he brought Kamala on the other night before Griffiths. And you've seen yeah, the that's... previous week, like, Edward looks a different player when Griffiths is on the park. Looks so he much happier. Yeah, 100%, right. I'll throw it over to you, John. What's your lineup prediction? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to stick with Bain and Goals. Same back four as uh, the Aberdeen game. So Kenny, Ayer, Welsh. Uh, I think Taylor will start again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I agree... Brown will probably come back in. He's had a game uh, essentially to get a wee bit of rest. Uh, he's been playing well recently. So I suspect he'll come back in. Uh, McGregor, Turnbull, and, and this comes back to other things I've said before, but there's far too much rotation happening where it's difficult to sort of pick a team and yeah. play seven number tens. It's, it's <laughs> mental. But I, I, I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to go Rogic. Guess you never wrote this down, John. No, I'm just going to. I'm, just going to. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to. I'm going to say Rogic, and uh, I'll say Edward as well. Um, and I'm, I'm. I'm going to stick with you. You're going to stick with Vieira, yeah. Aye. Hopefully. I'll. I'll. 
I'll fire in my team now. I'm going with Bain, goalkeeper, Kenny, Welsh, Ayer, Taylor. I think Sorrow was, will start. Uh, Christy, McGregor, Turnbull at the point of the diamond. And I went for Edward. And surprisingly, I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but I've gone with Kamala with Eddie up top. Oh, I can't see it. The boys' second touch is a tackle, man. Come on. <laughs> I know, but the, 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 way, the way I'm looking at it is you, you, it's like a pick and mix now with who's going to be playing ah, off top. Yeah. Find so I think they're playing yeah, paper scissors, eh? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> or, I don't know, playing hangman in the change room to see who wins. <laughs> going to but oh. it's, it's that, that's for me what's going to be the line up. Kamala, as you said, he, his second touch is, oh, it's terrible sometimes. But you never he's know. Got all the, he's John... got all the world in the world, the boy, too. He looks yeah. so determined, but it's just he's not got a touch. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. So we'll we'll move on to the score predictions. I'll go to you, John, since you were closest last time. What do you think the score will be? And your goal scorers too. 2 nothing. And I'm going to say Edward for both of them. Eddie for both? Aye. What about you, uh, Francis? That was... um, I'm the exact same as John. Kerry, you had a chat before this. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so you're going 2-0 Eddie yeah yeah I think no so problem. boys just on fire now. yeah I'm going to go 3-0 I'm going to let them keep the clean sheet this time because I said again on the podcast previously that I'll not put, defend put them better, to be fair not defend them I, yeah my goal scorers will be Turnbull to get one Eddie to get the other one and I'll go for McGregor to get the third well, or any of the goals anyway so that's, yeah, that's my goal Giving everybody a turn. But in terms <laughs> of the, the segment, that's us uh, finished. We're touching on all the bases. We even touched on some side topics, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Stephen from the End of Sales page. And I just want to thank John again for joining me. And as I said before, he's in charge of the YouTube side of things. So big thanks to John for putting all the videos and stuff up on the Spotify as well, which has helped me the page a lot. And also thanks to Francis for joining us, a newcomer. And I said to Ross last time as well, it's good to get different opinions. People yeah. coming on and giving their side of things as well, instead of just me and John or just me and myself. So that, that's right. fantastic. So for, go ahead, Francis. I was going to say, get just everybody talk, sounding like they don't know what they're talking about. Just get a different phone talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I hope you come on again in the future as well. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Okay, Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, first, first, first yeah. few minutes was a bit nervous, but you get in it. You get in it. Yeah, no. No worries. And thanks again, John, for helping me out. I do appreciate that. My name's Stephen again from the End of the Sales podcast. And in the meantime, until we come on again, which will be uh, Tuesday, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.